and welcome to the Top Flight Podcast. As we continue our Road to Moscow series, we will be previewing, we will be previewing, I have to say that a little more clearly, Croatia, Vatrani, the Blazers, their nickname. Croatia is back in the World Cup for a second consecutive time. They finished uh, pretty poorly in Brazil in 2014, 19th overall out of the 32 teams. They lost twice and won once. Their one win was against Cameroon, but losing to both Brazil and Mexico, conceding three goals in both of those games. But Croatia made their impact on the world in their first ever World Cup as an independent nation in 1998 when they finished in third place, Davor Sukar. The leading scorer in that tournament since then, Croatia has not gotten back to the knockout phase in their three World Cups afterwards, and they will be playing in Group D. Mahith Gamaj joining me, Ori Benatar. Mahith, would you say Group D, Group of Death? I would think so, yeah. Top to bottom, for sure the strongest team. Argentina, of course, the best one. And then Nigeria, Croatia, and Iceland are a lot of people's dark horses. So it's, it's quite telling that, that this is the group of death when when all four teams are, are teams that could go to the knockout stage, on paper at least. But unfortunately, two of these teams will go out. But yeah, I, I think this is for sure the group of death. I agree. But I personally think that Croatia is the best team in this group over Argentina. Croatia is going to open up on June the 16th against Nigeria in Kaliningrad, then play Argentina, and then play Iceland. And the reason I think Croatia is the best team in this group, they have, they're very well organized, and their midfield is better than Argentina's. Their midfield is probably the mo- maybe the most stacked in the world potentially. Rakitic, Kovacic, Modric, Brozovic, even Ivan Perisic, who can play left mid and left wing. Mario Mandzukic up front. You know, you've got defensively. A little, a little on the older side, 32-year-old uh, Vedran Korluka and also Dejan Lovren, probably going to be the starting center backs. But I think Croatia against Argentina, that midfield battle, Croatia is going to own the ball in the middle of the field. Yeah, um, Argentina, as you mentioned, their midfield is actually one of the weakest parts of their team. Still relying on Mascherano back there, and um, Everbanega is a good player. Um, but uh, this this um, Croatia team is just much better. Uh, like in every position, of course, Rakitic can play all all three positions in midfield. Modric, of course, I think the consensus choice is the best midfielder on the planet right now. Kovic, all, like these guys, three of these guys are, are at the two biggest clubs in the world in Barcelona, Real Madrid, um, and then Modric and Kovacic are the two at Real Madrid, and then they got Internazionale, which is Brozovic, and then Fiorentina with. Badel. So it's like literally this midfield stacked and, and in that game against Argentina, I think it, it could actually be very close. Of course, Argentina do have Messi, so they do have that X factor. I think they do have the edge slightly just because of that front three or four that Argentina have. But I think um, Croatia has a very good chance to win this group. I think Croatia could win this group easily just based on the fact that I think Croatia has a big has a good chance to beat Iceland, for example. You know, Iceland and Croatia have played each other a lot. Uh, frequently. Iceland uh, had the edge in a couple of games, but Croatia uh, were able to beat Iceland in the World Cup playoff in 2014 to make it to Brazil. And then Croatia and Iceland were actually in the same qualifying group. Croatia losing to Iceland in their second game in Reykjavik 1-0. So that game could go either way, but I think Croatia could potentially beat Iceland. But I think uh, if Croatia can pick up a big win against Nigeria, 
first place is possible. But, I mean, I'm looking at this team, and the weakness is probably in defense and maybe in goal. I mean, Subasic is probably going to be the starting goalkeeper at 33. Croatia, in their previous World Cups, have had trouble uh, keeping the ball out of the net. They conceded six goals in the last World Cup, three of those coming against Brazil in the opening game, and then the other three coming against Mexico all in the second half. So how can Croatia sort of... Uh, be able to fix that defensive and goalkeeping problem that they had last tournament. I think they have to aim to, to have more possession, Ori. Uh, like, these guys are going to struggle if they don't have the ball most of the time. Their defense, their defensive core isn't 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 great. And Dejan Lovren is the biggest name, and he's been sort of the as my friend, oh, my friend Nick Delaney over here would always say that he's the Premier League's punching bag. So, I mean, he did in the Champions League final, and he has played well for Liverpool in the past few months. But again, it's hard to rely on these guys. Troy Lucas, 32. Um, Doma Gorgevita missed so many chances in that Euro 2016, and, and he was a, a global punching bag for, for Croatia, I think, in the round of 16 game against Portugal. So these guys really struggle defensively. Versaljko is, is, is a good right back. Yeah, I think I think Croatia are going to have to really focus on on winning the ball, having possession, and just feeding the ball up to Perisic and Mandzukic. I think that's the only way they can win, because if, if, if they allow Argentina to have the ball, um, Nigeria to have the ball, they're going to struggle. Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of people would say that Croatia's X-Factor players are Modric and Rakitic, but... For me, I'm look. I'm looking at Ivan Perisic as the guy that can really take this Croatia team over the top, not just to win the group, but even to make the uh, the quarterfinals. Because you look at the potential matchups Croatia could have. Let's say Croatia does win the group, they could play Denmark or even Australia in the round of 16. But if Croatia finished second, then they're going to have to probably play France in a rematch of the World Cup semifinals from 1998, which Croatia lost. On, a, on one goal. It was a 1-0 game. So I think Ivan Perisic is the X-Factor player because, I mean, his height in that left wing position, it's only matched by the likes of maybe Cristiano Ronaldo. He also has incredible speed, and he's got great strength. And every time I've seen him play for this Croatia team, he has played really well. He played a great game against Spain in Euro 2016. He was running all over Cameroon in the World Cup last time. He even played well against Brazil and Mexico in those group stage games. So Mandzukic, Modric, Rakitic, and Brozovic, all very good players. But I think the difference maker for this team is Ivan Perisic. Yeah, we saw that at Euro 2016 as well. Um, and we can definitely see him as, as, as the X factor because all of Croatia's strength is through the middle. And then they're going to be lobbing balls up to Mandzukic. But then who's going to play in between the lines? It's going to be Perisic, of course. So we saw him win games for them in the past. So I think he could he could certainly do it. He's only twenty nine. He's they've still got a few years of him left, and uh, he he's he's a big player for Inter and in the Serie A in general. Yeah, Inter Milan finally back in the Champions League after finishing in the top four in Serie A. So we will see Inter return to uh, Europe's biggest competition. But how close is this Croatia team to being uh, maybe an elite European team? Because they have some great the talent in the middle, the decent talent up front. You know, where would you put Croatia like tier wise, you know, within Europe? I wouldn't say tier like elite tier with the likes of like Belgium and Spain and uh, Germany. But where would you put Croatia? Like, are they more elite than maybe Portugal? Are they better than Switzerland? You know, where would you put Croatia in that, you know, best teams in Europe category? Yeah. So the thing with Croatia is they've always been sort of an underachiever in the past. Um, we, we've always said, oh, 
Quraysh is a perennial dark horse, but then they never live up to the hype. So I I don't know where to put this Croatia team because they've wasted a lot of opportunities in the past. Rakitic is 30, Modric is 32, Mandzuk is 32, Perisic is almost 30. Their core players from the last decade or so are, are running out of time. And they haven't utilized them enough. So for the sort of tier, I would put them somewhere below, just below England and above teams like Switzerland, um, Serbia, Chile, or maybe maybe below. Actually, yeah, below Chile, below England, because you know England has has a better squad. I would say because they do have a better defense, better um, attack. Um, Croatia's midfield's a bit better than England's. Actually, way better than England's. But um, Chile won back-to-back Copa Americas just a few years ago, so I would have to put them just below those two teams and then above teams like Switzerland. I would say above Mexico. Yeah, in that sort of tier. I would say that's about like C tier in world football. Yeah, I think C tier is fair. I mean, you're looking at B tier. You're probably thinking of probably Portugal and maybe Colombia. I put Chile also in that B range with England. I mean, for me, between uh, the United States, Italy, the Netherlands, and Chile, the four big teams that didn't make this World Cup, Chile for me was the most surprising because of the fact that after they won Centenario in 2016 and after they made the Confederations Cup final in 2017 only to lose to Germany's B team, I thought Chile was one of the four teams in the world that could win the World Cup this summer, and they're not in. Amazing. Yeah, it was really shocking, and um, yeah, they, they lost at that spot in Peru, and, and some of those South American teams really struggled in qualifying. Argentina almost didn't make it, and then Chile didn't make it. But for me, I think the Italy um, omission with them not making it was really shocking, and I have a lot of Italian friends that were really heartbroken about that. Not sure if they're going to be watching the games with me this summer, but um, yeah, I mean, Italy is just a, just a, a perennial power in world football, and and they really struggle. They rely too much on their their aging core, but now Mancini is trying to incorporate the younger players in, and I think Italy is a better future than than those other teams that missed out. Yeah, of course, Italy not in the World Cup for the first time since 1958, a site that uh, neither of us have seen in our lifetime. We've never not seen the United States also in the World Cup, but uh, we're getting close to the end of our preview show. Let's do some predictions for Croatia. Maximum number of points they can get in the group. I think max is nine. I think they could beat Argentina. I think that game will be about 60-40 in favor of Argentina, but I think... Seven points is very, very realistic for this Croatia team. I think they can get a result for against Argentina, sorry, probably a draw. I think they'd be happy with the draw because they would be favorites against Nigeria and Iceland. But also those two teams, Nigeria and Iceland, are not pushover teams, and they both have talent. Iceland have, Iceland have, have, have a lot more talent than people are you know, expecting. Guilty Sigurdsson's a good Premier League player. So is Johan Berg Goodmanson. And they've got a couple good strikers, um, Cobain Sigdorsen and uh, um, Alfred Finbegas. And then um, Nigeria, of course, Alex Iwobi, Kalechi, Iheanacho, Wilfred, and D. They've got a great spine. So Croatia is still going to struggle against every team they play in this group. But I think they would aim for seven points looking at the squad on paper and looking at their own team, thinking, yeah, we are better than Nigeria and we're better than Iceland. And we, we can definitely get a result against Argentina. So, yeah, I think seven is realistic. I'd agree with you. I think seven is uh, the, the highest point this Croatia team can get. Maybe if Argentina slips up, then then nine points. I mean, 
if Croatia draws Argentina in that second game, I think Croatia will finish first in the group because I'm confident that Croatia will beat Nigeria. And then I think they'll beat Iceland too. I think Argentina might have a bit of trouble against Iceland. Iceland's going to go into that game saying, we've got nothing to lose. We've beaten England. Let's go and beat Argentina, a team that has had so much trouble qualifying for this tournament and really has needed Messi to save them time and time again. Let's expose Gonzalo Higuain, who's had a really tough time at international tournaments for Argentina. You know, Let's expose their midfield. Iceland's organization could come up big in that first game against Argentina, which will be on June the 16th. That's going to be the, the magic day where we have four games, starting with France and Australia, and then I believe we're ending with Croatia and Nigeria. But let's talk about knockout stage for Croatia. Most people expecting them to finish in second place, which means they would probably play France. Do they have any chance to beat this French team? I mean, of course they have a chance, but I don't think it's a very big chance. I mean, we, we give Croatia a chance against Argentina because the midfield is so much better than Argentina's. I don't think their midfield is that much better than France's. On paper, it is a bit better. Of course, Modric is that one that sort of brings them over the top. But France, with with Paul Pogba and Golo Kante, who are, I personally, I think, top ten midfielders in the world. Both of them. Um, yeah, I, I don't think they can win that midfield battle easily. They could, but but it would be more 50-50 in there. And then France, much better defensively and much better up front than Croatia. I mean, we've seen upsets before, and this Croatia team is set up to be a dark horse, and they could be a dark horse. But as for if they can get, if they can beat France. Um, it's going to be really, really tough for them. I think Croatia has a better chance of progressing further, most likely if they finish first, because if Croatia wins this group, you're looking at facing probably Denmark or Australia, most likely Denmark in the uh, round of 16. I mean, in Group C, personally for me, I don't see Australia or Peru having any chance of getting out of that group. I think it's going to be France and Denmark, no questions. So Croatia plays Denmark. That game is going to be the one that gives us our surprise quarterfinalist. Let's say Croatia does win. Looking to probably face Spain, who won Group B. We've seen Croatia play Spain before. We saw Croatia beat Spain at the European Championship. So I personally think if Croatia wins this group, they can make the semifinals of the World Cup. It's definitely realistic for them. Against Spain, we don't know which Spain is going to show up because of the last two international tournaments. They've been very, very poor. So if that's the main team that Croatia is going to be facing, of course they have a chance. But but on paper, the Spain team is fantastic. I'm not sure about semifinals for Croatia. I mean, we've seen them make the semifinals out of nowhere before, and we've seen many teams make the semifinals um, out of nowhere before, looking at Uruguay in 2010, um, even Ghana 2010 making the quarterfinal. That could be a potential um, sort of a similar situation if, if Croatia finished first in the group, um, having a quarterfinal against a team that's, that's you know, both two dark horses, and I think we could see that with Croatia, but... Yeah, I'm not sure about semifinals. I think they could get quarterfinals if, if they do finish first in the group. But if they finish second, I think round 16 against France will signal the end of their tournament. Yeah, I think that's pretty much uh, the way to go here with Croatia. They've got uh, quite a schedule from June all the way until mid-October. They are playing some really good teams. They're going to warm up for the World Cup, taking on Brazil and Senegal in their friendly matches. Then, of course, they're in the group of death facing Nigeria, Argentina, Iceland. If they make it out to the knockout stage, you know, they could be playing Denmark or France and then even, you know, Spain or Portugal. But they actually get to play uh, Portugal in a friendly in September. And then they begin the new UEFA Nations League. Their group, Spain and England. 
So Croatia's got to play Spain on September the 11th, and then they got to play England as hosts on October the 12th. So Croatia might have the toughest schedule in world football over the next uh, five months. It's going to be an interesting, interesting five months for Croatia. Uh, like personally for that World Cup, I think this Group D, uh, every single game is going to be absolute must-watch football. I think that Croatia-Nigeria game is going to be one of the best in the tournament. That is going to be so exciting to watch, and I'm so excited. I think Croatia-Argentina also is going to be one of the best games. I think all, every game in Group D, must-watch, all going to be great. Thank you, Mahith, for joining me here for uh, this Croatia preview. Of course, sorry, anytime. All right, so that is our preview of Croatia. They open up the tournament again on June the 16th in Kaliningrad against the Super Eagles of Nigeria. Make sure to continue listening to all of our previews as we continue our road to Moscow here on the Top Flight Podcast.